Lord bless you. You make me seated if you don't mind. I'm going to take just a few minutes tonight. And by the help of the Lord and the help of the Holy Ghost. What a touch of the Lord's already been in this house tonight. Presence of Jesus. Thank you, singers, uh, instrument players. Thank you for the songs. Thank you, saints of God, and all that's responded here tonight. And the hand of the Lord and the touch of God in this place. Be honest with you tonight, if I listened to old flesh, he would love to just say, all right, I'm done. I'm burnt out. But uh, I feel, and uh, maybe hopefully imperfectly, the word of the Lord tonight to help somebody. We're living in a world today and living in some troubled times and Unsecured times. Believe me, some times where some changes are taking place, it's not to the good. Encouraging and promoting things that if the spiritual eyes could be opened, that we would be shocked of, of what we're actually feeding and giving ourselves to as a, a nation, as a world. So it's going to be important just as important as it was in the Old Testament and the New Testament but even now I likened to some of this to a certain degree this morning man is how many wants to have an ear to hear what the spirit has to say unto the church and better yet have an ear to hear what the spirit has to say unto us as an individual to live a life that's pleasing to God be able to be led by the Spirit. The Bible's taught us those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. I'm telling you, we're living in a generation that needs to be led by the Spirit of God. I believe as time moves on, you're going to start seeing this division even greater. The separation of God's people from the world. I believe that it's these that are led by the Spirit that's going to experience some of the greatest revivals. But if we're not led by His Spirit, you're going to see some of the same great falling away. That can be an individual, it could be a family, or it could be a church, a whole church. Quit, quit listening to his voice. You're going to notice in the scriptures tonight as we go through them. The power of the word. The voice of God. And, and time won't allow me to go through a lot of it. But, but then the written word. We know that Jesus left us with the example in Matthew 4 how to conquer the devil, his temptations. When he wants to cause us to question if I'll be the Son of God. He tried his best to get Jesus to bow down to him, to worship him, and to sell out to him. He promised him everything. But Jesus responded all three times. 
It is written. It is written. There's something about the powerful word, the written word. The word that's unchangeable. That's forever settled in the heavens. God's blessed us. God's blessed us with his written word that we can have. That we can cherish. We can read and study and go back to. So tonight, you got your Bibles, turn to Romans 10. One verse in your hearing tonight, 10 and 17. How many enjoyed Brother Williams Wednesday night? How many enjoyed the service altogether? Man, was there a touch of the Lord in the house? Brother Williams done such a, a, a great job. I'm telling you, he's, he's such a likable person. First time to really just get to know him and meet him and have fellowship with him and his family. And I promise you, he's just country, buddy. He's, he's right down to just uh, country boy. Amen. Country man. But uh, back with us. Man, he'll be back the 28th. So continue to invite people and then. Looking forward to that. And Brother Oldham will be with us, amen, in a couple of weeks. Amen. Uh, be back with us. That will be on a Saturday night at 7 o'clock and then Sunday at 11. Man, Brother Floyd Oldham, Bishop Oldham will be with us. And so we're looking forward to those services and what all God's got in for us. Uh, but tonight, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Romans 10 and 17. One verse in your hearing tonight. So then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. It's important what you lend your ear to. It's important what you give yourself to. It's important what you believe as doctrines. Uh, I'd love to tell you that uh, it's, it's a done deal that apostolic church don't have to worry about it anymore. And, but that's not true. That's not true for the apostolic church. It's not true for each individual. Because the enemy's constantly trying to bombard. And he's trying to bring you doctrines. And oh, he'll reshape it. He'll, he'll bring it through a different vessel. He'll bring it from a different angle. But it's still the same old spirit. The same old purpose. Desire to try to get us down a side. Try to get, to get us to, to deviate. Try to, to offer this straight and narrow pathway. If you listen to the world and the religious world, they got it right opposite of what this Bible's taught. They, if you listen to them, if you listen to all that's going to be saved, there's some 90-something percent of the American people going to be saved. That's a broad way. That ain't what the Bible's taught us. It's not there. In fact, if you read it close enough, that few, that few, that's many are called, but few, few. It's gonna be faithful. It's gonna, it's gonna finish the journey. It's gonna stay with it. It's gonna hold to the plow. Man, to hear him say, well done, that good and faithful servant. So will you help me pray tonight? Help me to, God would help me to deliver this. And not to take long, but.
but to deliver it in a way that it could be received, in a way that it could change us, move us. Uh, the church needs to be stirred. We, we, every time we come, we need to be stirred. We need to be touched. Amen. Time is too short. Time is too critical now. I'm telling you, taking a side road today, amen, is a very dangerous thing. Our young people, we, we've taught, we've done our best. This hadn't just happened, but, but more so today. To, you've got to watch what crowd you get with. You can get with the wrong crowd in one episode, in one, one event, and can destroy you and ruin you for life. And they think it's funny. You know, they thought it was cute when they laced that thing with something. It's happened a lot more than what we think sometimes. Lord, we love you tonight and appreciate you. And we're so thankful for this opportunity again. To stand in behind this desk, behind this pulpit. God, we ask you to help us. We ask you, God, to anoint us and help us to obey the Holy Ghost like never before. God, I ask that the Holy Ghost would move upon every vessel in this house tonight. Every man, woman, boy, and girl. Their ears could hear the word of God. And God would receive it as your word into our lives. They would find the golden nuggets, the, the sentence, the word, the statement that they need. To give them the direction, to give them the hope. Amen. In their situation. Lord, all the praise, all the glory, all the honor is going to be lifted to you tonight. You're our Lord because there's no Jehovah like you. You're alone. You don't know any other, neither do we. But we give all the glory to you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord bless you and you may be seated. God's been so good to us. He's been good to Bendale. I normally don't do that, but I need a little help tonight. <laughs> Praise God. Had a good lesson, good lesson this morning. That lesson stirred me. That lesson helped me to realize that as an individual, we can make a difference. We make up in our own minds and hearts to, and get our motives right, and our spirits right, to want to live for God, want to serve the Lord, and that it's about Him. This truth, this apostolic doctrine, and, and I know some, some's in this house tonight. You having to walk down paths. You haven't, you've got a journey, amen. I promise you it's tough. It's extremely tough. But God will help you. You call on him, humble yourself unto him. God will help you. God will strengthen your mind. God will strengthen your heart and your spirit. And give you the ability to fulfill that course. And to finish it out. Because he, he knows. He sees. In this particular verse of scripture tonight, out of Romans, the 10th chapter, this is the same chapter that uh, a lot take and use. Uh, the, the, part, the beginning of this chapter, and, uh, they, they use it, amen, for a salvation. They use it as a point of salvation. And you back up and you, you see what was being said here in Paul's writings to the Roman church, a church that he didn't get to visit, but yet he written to this church. And, a letter to them to help them. It was his passion. It was desire. Many times he loved to visit this church. But he was hindered from being to accomplish that. To achieve that. 
And uh, there was times the Holy Ghost wouldn't let him. Other times the devil would hinder him and things would happen. All of this is in scripture. You can search it out and find it. Sometimes we may feel like, think, well, you know, but it happens. It happens. And so here is Paul's writings. And uh, he writes and he talks about a man about salvation. He talks about his heartbeat for Israel and that all of Israel would be saved. And, and he goes on and he begins to address about Christ. And he addresses about uh, a man, the gospel. And he begins to talk about uh, uh, the things that need to happen and things that need to take place and uh, that it needs to unfold. He, he begins to preach, amen, even preaching to a what he would, you and I would call a disobedient people. He picks that up in about the 14th verse. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? A preacher. It's important to what you tune your ear into. It's important, amen, who and what you set before you as your spiritual leader. Amen. And to follow his footsteps and to follow the direction that he instructs us in. Uh, have you ever pulled up, maybe got lost, you know, especially before the times of GPS and things of that nature, and you had to depend upon maps or depend on instructions from somewhere, and you're trying to make it, and got there and got confused and couldn't figure it out, and so you finally pull over and you ask somebody, you say, hey, hey, I'm trying to find such and such place, and man, you know, I, I love it when people give me about three or four landmarks, and I got a good chance of making it. But when they start getting into so many details and they start talking about everybody's cats and they start talking about all the chickens down the road and all the other little things along the way, before I leave there, there's a good chance that I'm not going to make it. I'm going to have to stop and ask somebody else for instructions. I'm here to tell you again tonight, it's not as hard to be saved as some people make it out to be. Amen. It's a lot it's more plainer and simpler than what people realize if they'll just read the book of Acts. The plan of salvation, the foundation of it. But nobody can be saved without a preacher. I believe it's just as important, not only the initial, amen, of the preaching of the gospel of the death and burial of resurrection of Jesus Christ and the plan of salvation of death and burial and resurrection, amen, with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the speaking in tongues. But I believe, amen, I and you've got to have a preacher in our lives. Amen. That help instruct us and, and, and give us guidance and instructions. Amen. Even from that point, if we're planning on finishing the journey, if we're planning on making it, amen. In fact, the scripture makes it real plain in Paul's writings in Ephesians that God gave the fivefold ministry for this purpose and for this reason. For what? For the perfecting of the saints and the edifying of the body. That we might all reach that place of perfection in Christ Jesus. That's the reason that you and I have choose to come, amen, at least three times times a week to a place we call the house of God. We didn't come to be seen. We didn't come, amen, for amen for any other reason. We come, amen, to, to be in the presence of God. We came, amen, with that purpose to have an ear to hear what the word of God has to say unto us. Speak into our lives and to speak into our spirits and help us along this journey. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Word of God in the life and the time that we're living in tonight. So important to hear it. Time won't allow me, and I won't even try to do that, but uh, for a little while tonight, I'm going to go to a few places, and, and maybe some of it may not make sense at time, but hopefully we, when we pull this all together, it, it'll make some sense to you. 
In Hebrews 11, we see there that now faith is a subject of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders attained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he attained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and by it he being dead yet speaketh you could hear his voice you hear as the writer puts it in Genesis 4 and 10 God says unto Cain he said what hast thou done watch the next the voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Voice of thy brother. Crieth from the ground. The voice. The word of God. I won't take the time. But I could take you the times of. Whenever Israel. The first time of one of their experiences of God himself. With Moses. And as they make their way out to the wilderness. In Sinai and on that mount. God a man calls Moses. Cause the people to come out to, to meet God. And on that mountain with all the thundering and lightning. And the voice sounding like trumpets. And man smoke and fire. And the, the representation of God coming down. It caused fear. If those Israelite people. To the point and place that. Now watch this. <laughs> Even God the first time sent Moses right back down that mountain. Says hey you go down there and you draw the line. He put that responsibility on Moses. Were to draw the line. If you cross this line, it's going to be death. Nobody can touch the mountain. Nobody can come past this line. If you do, it's going to cost you. That hasn't changed today. Regardless of the opinions of people and the the way the world has done its best in Hollywood to destroy the, the ministry and the five four and and even even we have done our fair share of it. <laughs> Making mistakes and falling to the wayside and being bribed and trying to influence people and things of that nature. It's had an effect upon the preachers, even across our land. But it still doesn't change the facts. It doesn't change a man the, the responsibility and how God set up a man to work and to operate. That hadn't changed. He's still calling people, calling them into the ministry. He's still calling pastors and evangelists and prophets and apostles and teachers. He's still in the business. He hasn't changed his methods, changed his way. How to speak unto us. How to guide us and instruct us in life and along this way. We're going to see throughout the scriptures. <clears throat> you can go to Hebrews 12. And, 
And I, I want to get, take time. Maybe you want to jot some of these scriptures down and go back. And then the same chapter in the beginning of it, you're going to read about the, the chastisement of God. The 12th chapter follows the, 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 the faith of Paul chapter. And, and here we got this great host of witnesses talking about the Old Testament and how they all die with a good report and dying in the faith. And it goes on down. It leads us to the place of the chastisement of the Father and how he will chastise us. If you read those scriptures closely, amen, he that rejects this chastisement, he that... Uh, that despises this chastisement. Amen. And, and, and I can't help but when I studied it out again this afternoon. There's something clicked inside my spirit, my mind. Amen. Because there was a lot of people that claims to be disciples of Jesus Christ. And claim to be followers of God and his word. But they reject the chastisement of the word of God. And so when that's rejected. The scripture has taught us that that makes them illegitimate. They're not the true children of God. You read it close enough. It's there. As we struggle and battle with the demonical forces, spirits of iniquity and rebellion in the world that's running rapid that we're living in today, the only true hope we got is the house of God and the fivefold ministry and anointed singing. And instrument players. You may ponder and wonder. Why, why pastor you go to. Why have you made such a step. Trying to keep this platform. Godly. I'm praying for some that's on this platform. That you're still housing some things. And holding some things. But God help me to be. Help me be like the farmer. Help me be patient. Let me be long suffering. Those lines are for a purpose and for a reason. <laughs> some fence are put up to keep some things in. And some fence are built and put up by man to keep some things out. So we can start way back here. Where God put it in the hands of a man. Brother Booker wrote a book. Anybody ever read it? What a difference a line can make. He even talks about the fencing that took place in the West. and the Different types and styles of fencing. And things that went up. It hasn't changed today, ladies and gentlemen. Not in the apostolic church. I'm here to tell you tonight, some things ought not never change. If it's right, it's right. And there's no reason to change it. No reason. Well, take my time. I'll talk to us a little bit tonight. And so here in the latter part of Hebrews, the 12th chapter, he begins to talk about, he said, To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, to the blood of the sprinkling, that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Listen to what the writer's saying here. The Hebrews writings about the tabernacle. It's about the priest. It's about what was that. That through Jesus Christ, all of this became better. Than what the Old Testament. Through this Jesus Christ. 
But the law came to an end because now we have attained righteousness through Jesus Christ. What he fulfilled to the law, there's no need now. Thank God that we didn't have to, have to find a lamb or a pigeon or something to bring to sacrifice for us tonight. Thank God tonight. You didn't have to wait, amen, just once a year to enter into that place and to feel the presence of the power. No, we got a high priest that's interceding, amen. Every moment of our lives, he's interceding for you and I. When you immediately, when you turn and you cry out, you call on him. It doesn't matter if it's at midnight. It don't matter if it's on a Monday or Tuesday or any other time. He's available and ready, amen, to respond to your cry, to your prayer. Because, because this tabernacle is a heavenly tabernacle. And our high priest is Jesus Christ, who never sleeps, who never slumbers, who's always available to a cry. Listen, speaketh better things by the word of God. Our Proverbs helps us to understand why it's so important. We got some, we got some teachers in this. Sister Sierra is some teacher. Others that's in this congregation tonight. Sister Woods and Sister, Sister Judy. Amen. Huh. What's more frustrating to somebody who's trying to give instructions? It's having high the classes talking and carrying on and because you can't, you can't be doing that in here at the same time. Can't do it. And so Proverbs 8.33 says this. Hear instructions. I probably get, got on to several times a week for not hearing. <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you figure out who it's from. <laughs> Amen. But that also happens at work sometimes. Now, sometimes they're right. And sometimes they didn't say what they said they said. <laughs> okay? It's not always my hearing. But there's a good high percentage it could be. Especially if you weren't speaking with clarity. Especially if you on one of them cell phones just doing eh, uh, ah, mm. What did you say? <laughs> I got where I don't even hesitate anymore. You're breaking up bad. Can't hear you. You have to repeat it. Wait a while and call back later. Getting a better signal. Because I can't understand anything you're saying. I'm going to tell you something. The devil's working as hard as he can right here tonight. That's not all. Your flesh is working as hard as it can. Amen. That, that while I'm speaking to you, he wants you to hear. He, this is what he wants you to hear. Mm. Uh. Uh. That's all he wants you to hear. He don't want you to understand not one thing that's being said in this house tonight. Now, now if you don't think I'm right, watch this. Them little toddlers, when they start picking up all those words... You speak one of them words you ought not to speak one time. They hear it. That's not all. They don't forget it. Now those good words, you can say them a thousand times. And they seem to can't remember it. Seems to slip away from them. Seems like the fouls of the air comes snatches it away. 
But they could say that or heard something they didn't have no business hearing. And they don't have no problem repeating it right down the road. One's getting pointed out up here. Why? <laughs> because this, this Satan is the prince of the air. He tries to manipulate and control. Why do you think it's so important? What you tune your ear to. What you set before you. What you encounter on that phone. Now, it used to be just television. We had no problem. We kept them out of the houses. For the most part. But it's different today. Proverbs 8.33 says, Hear instructions and be wise. And refuse it not. When it comes out of here. It's the word of God. That's just like it. That's just the way it ought to be received. That's the word of God. Why, why do you? Why do you? Why do you? Why y'all do that? Why y'all? Because it's the word of God. That settles the issue. That settles the debate. That settles the argument. I don't need any other reasons. God don't have to show up and with a big cloud. God don't have to strike me down with lightning. He that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. You've got to hunger. You've got to have a desire. I want to hear it. I want to hear what you've got to say, God. I want to hear what you want to put into me. Amos helps us out. I want to do a little more study on that particular verse I'm going back to. But Amos helps us out in Amos 8 and 11. Listen to what he tells us. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land. Not a famine of bread. Not a, a thirst for water. But of hearing the word of the Lord. There's probably more preaching going on today than even in Jesus' day. There's all type of flavors. If you don't like this one, just go down the road a little piece. If you don't like that one, just go a little further. But there's still only one word. Still only one God. There's going to be one book. Consistence of 66 books. But it's one book that you and I are going to face. One book that we're going to be judged out of. And the only thing that really matters to us tonight is what God's got to say in this book. That's forever written down. It's not going to change for nobody. I want to have an ear to hear. Because faith cometh by hearing. Do you believe that we're a generation of faith? Do you believe that we're living in a time where people have great faith? Or y'all hesitant on me, ain't you? By looking at the signs. Because the Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. Are we seeing the miracles that we saw? Just hang with me, folks. Just please hang with me, okay? We don't see the miracles that we saw sometimes in Brush Harbor days. We don't experience the move of God 
like we read about and hear about in the Brush Harbor days. But you know what? I believe it's coming. I believe it's coming back. But you know what it's going to come to? It's going to come to those that says, you know what? I want to have an ear to hear what the Word of God has to say. I didn't come just to be entertained and thank God for the music. Thank God for, for, and they don't do it for an entertainment. Don't take it that way. That's it. But I'm telling you, if we're not careful in the apostolic movement, we're moving in that direction. We'd rather come and sing and shout and have a good time and just bypass the preaching. But you know, none of us can't survive without the word. We can't live victorious lives without the word. We're begotten by it, but we also are kept by it. And we encounter spirits and doctrines and circumstances on a daily basis. And without the word of God, we really don't know how to handle it and respond to it. Why do you think we're in such a spiritual warfare today? Because the most powerful thing you and I have got in our defense, amen, is the word of God, which is the spirit. The word of God is the spiritual part. It's that spiritual sword that deflects all that. Thank God for the shield. Thank God for the helm and the breastplate and the preparation of the gospel. But I'm telling you, without the word of God and the skillfulness of the word of God, the enemy can find an avenue. If he can find a way, but without an ear, without hearing. I'm taking a lot longer than I wanted to. It's going to be a famine. So this is a warning to us. It's going to be a famine in this end time of, of hearing the word of God. So, so I've got to do what? I've got to war against that. I can't fall into that group. I've got to make up my own mind and heart and spirit. God, I want to hear it. I want to read it. I want to study it. I know we're living in different times, okay? I understand that. But there's a time in this nation, it wouldn't be a strange thing to go visit your neighbor in the afternoon after the, the working in the fields and, the, and the, lay, the, the chores around the house had been done. To walk on that front porch. And they'd be sitting on that front porch. They didn't have a television to distract them. They didn't have technology with all of its gadgets, amen, to distract them. They didn't have ball games going on every night of the week to distract them. You know what they had? They had their work, their family, and their God. They'd either be reading the word of God or pulling out that old songbook. Getting out there as a family and singing those old songs. And Why is all this so important? I want to talk a little bit about Saul tonight. The first king of the Israelites. He had a very powerful man in his life. Samuel. Samuel. You see, the word of God in that day, wasn't, everybody didn't have. How many owns more than one Bible? I mean, he owns more than two, more than three. Well, some of you ain't believed. How many of you own a Bible? 
Thank you. Some of you won't raise your hand for nothing. Buy your Bible. <laughs> you can't be saved without a Bible. I don't believe you can be saved without owning a Bible. It's impossible to be saved without a Bible. This is the manual. This is the good the, the instructions to get you to heaven. If you don't read it, you ain't got a clue how to get there. Uh, I'm sorry. You got a cell phone. How many's got a cell phone? And you don't own a Bible? <laughs> Something not weighing out right, is it? I know you own a Bible. I'm just picking on you there. Watch this. First Samuel's three and one. Samuel's call on. You know the story. I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm have the time to do all that. I'm sorry, but I just don't. We see here that, that the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. Listen to what this first verse informs us. And the word of the Lord was precious in those days. And there was no open vision. In other words, the Israelite people just couldn't have their own vision and do their own thing. Because the word of God was precious now, now, what does it mean by being so precious? Everybody didn't own a Bible. In fact, nobody possibly, except a very few that had the writings of the Old Testament at that point in time. Those first five books. And that was it. But only a handful, a man could interpret, could read it, or even had access to it. So that's the reason they had to depend on the man called Samuel. In fact, if you read it close enough, in the 400 and some years of Judges, the best I can tell, we only have two prophets. Deborah and one that was sent from the Lord in another place in Judges. And so that's the reason. If you watch them in Judges, God would raise up a man to judge them. And use, God would use them. But when that individual would die, it wouldn't be no time. They'd go right back into sin. Right back into unrighteousness and ungodly. Because there was a, a lackness of the word of God being taught and preached. Watch this. Matthew. The latter part of Matthew. Where we received the instructions. Amen. About how to be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. He says to become disciples. Watch what Jesus taught. Matthew, and how he recorded it. He said, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Ghost. Now watch this. You become a disciple. That's the foundation part at that point. And again, he says, teach all nations. Without proper instructions with the word of God. There's, it's impossible to be saved. So now I've just kind of laid a foundation to get us to understand how important. I'd love to ask a question tonight. I'm going to ask it. I'm not asking for a response. Is anybody struggled tonight to, to stay with me? In your mind, in your heart, in your spirit? Has anything tried to distract you? Is anything else penetrated? And, and, and even for a few moments, you, you really don't have a clue where I'm at now. because That's how the enemy works. Because I promise you, he didn't want you to hear. 
Not just in this service. Not just, I'm talking about any time we come together and unite together. Now, now watch. I'm, <laughs> One of the biggest struggles we got now in the apostolic church is battling the entertainment spirit to keep everybody's attention. Because it don't take long if we're not careful. <laughs> I'm not preaching against this. Don't take it wrong. How many bombers brought little toys for your babies? Not that you try to entertain them not to hear the word of God. But you try to entertain them that they won't. Cause a distraction to everybody else. So you've got to have a little gadget. Something that they can get their attention. What you looking at me for, girl? <laughs> Atlas looking at me up down saying, you talking about me? <laughs> I am. <laughs> we got to be entertained. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't play no cover a lot of this, but uh, here I am. <laughs> now, as we watch some of this, and Lord knows, I, can't, I, can't, I don't have the time. I'd love to take you back to 1 Samuels. Take you back to the time of Saul. Take you back to the time of his beginning. Where he, he, within himself, he didn't have no problem hiding among the stuff. He didn't have no problem, amen, he, he, he didn't want to be the king. He, amen, when he allowed Samuel to be the prophet, and when he was out looking for the little donkeys for his dad, and, and he made his way to the priest, or made his way to the prophet, and the prophet spoke to him, and told him where they was at, and told him that none been found, and, and he spoke into his life, and he gave him instructions, and how, what steps to take from that point. He gave him instructions how to respond, and how, how to be successful, and how to accomplished thing. He told him individuals don't you tell him. Amen. And things, then they go back and read it. He allowed a man of God to speak into him by the word of God to give him instructions. And as long as he followed them instructions everything unfolded and come to pass just like it ought to. But as time lapsed he became the king. And he began to two years later set up his own military. Begin to choose. In fact, the 52nd verse of that particular chapter talks about Saul now going and getting all the men. If he saw a good, stout, strong man, huh, he took him. He didn't care who he belonged to, care what family he belonged to. He didn't care what that family thought about it. He took him. But you know what? Samuel told Israel before that ever happened that that was going to happen. He took him to bring him into his own military and set him up. But even after choosing the cream of the crop, building his own military, you're going to find out in that same chapter that when the Philistines rose up against him and his people began to scatter and separate. And Samuel told him, said, Saul, in seven days I'll show up. But you know what happened? When that seventh day showed up and Samuel hadn't shown up, Saul took it upon himself. Bring me the sacrifice. Let me make the offerings. I'm, I'm under pressure. And I understand that. We can only imagine the pressure 
that he was under because the people had scattered. The Philistines was coming down on him. And then there he was. I got to get an answer from God. I got to get some direction. But God had set up a man in his life. God set up Samuel in his life. This is how you're going to hear the word of God. You don't have it written. You don't have none of that. But the man of God told you. And I'm going to tell you, here's how I feel about it. If Saul would have waited on Samuel, amen, it was in Samuel's lot. As long as he's obedient and waiting in the time period that he told him, it all fell on Samuel. It fell on God. But when you step outside the man of God and the word of God, it all falls on you. And there's no way you can justify. There's no way. It's all right. And so we watch this process. That wasn't the first time. It happens again. And the, the, it, it, when Samuel's leaving, after telling him that the kingship's going to be taken, the kingship was promised to Saul and his descendants forever. But he didn't obey, did he? Because in the 15th chapter for Samuel, when the man of God told him to annihilate the Amalekites, to wipe them out, Saul didn't do it. He blamed the people. He wanted to bring back the best. And you know the story. I'm going somewhere. But now Saul is becoming old. And now that God wouldn't respond to him. God wouldn't respond to him. Samuel has, has died. Samuel's off the scene and God wouldn't speak to him out of the out of the press, out of the priest, out of the, uh, the the manner of the way. He wouldn't move upon him when he cried out to him with visions or dreams. The heavens would shut up, and God wouldn't speak to him. Would move upon him, and Saul was facing a battle and a struggle, and he needed some answers. So now you can pick up in the twenty-eighth chapter of First Samuel. You watch what begins to happen. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not, neither by dreams, nor by Urim, nor by the prophets. Then said Saul unto his servant, watch this, the very thing that he had driven out of his life, the very thing that he had driven out of his nation, the very spirit that he set out a man as a king to conquer. Amen. That he wouldn't conquer them. Amen. Immediately he turns to a servant. You watch what happens. Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit. Turns to a servant. Seek me out one. And what's surprising to me. That servant seems to don't take no time. At all. I know where one's at. Looking for another way now. You know what's happened to America? When she lost an ear to hear the God of this book. And hear the words of this book. We'll find us another way. We'll set another man before us. Man, if I've ever walked in the Holy Ghost. We'll set somebody else to be our spiritual leader. We'll find. We'll set up a board and let them control the pulpit. That's happening in America today. The board, I've been told by some, the board tells a preacher what to preach. Huh. I know where to put boards. Either on backsides or nail them to a wall. That's the best place. I'm not saying that you can be, but I'm telling you when he comes to this pulpit... We got trustees that help us out in the financial and decisions in this church. 
but not the first one of them will ever try to come to tell me what to preach. Guess what? Neither is anybody else. There's ever been a time that preachers and pastors and evangelists need to step back into the pulpit and understand that's what it is, a pulpit. To do what? If you're in the pit, to pull you out. But if you're not in the pit, to make sure you don't fall in it. That's the reason we draw lines. That's the reason we preach doctrines. That's the reason we preach, amen, the Word of God. Because the Word of God's the only thing that gets us out of the pits. And the Word of God's the only thing that's going to keep us out of the pits. If you can control the pulpit, you're going to fall in the pit so Samuel <laughs> turned back to the very thing he destroyed one time the New Testament warned us to turn to what beggar elements Paul wrote to the Galatians he said hey you cause me to fear you scare me because you, you're turning back to beggar elements. You're turning back to the law and keeping the Sabbath and practicing things. <laughs> we got to have an ear to hear what the Word of God has to say. Sister Moore, you can come. I've got about four more pages here, but, but I'm not going to. Lord, drop this. Just a few minutes before prayer time this evening. This, this verse is here, not this message. The verse is here. I want you to understand how important it is to hear the word of God that we have now. I could carry you to Luke, the 16th chapter. You know this very well. It's the time of the rich man. It's the time of the rich man and the beggar. You know the episode how that the rich man, there are some descriptions given about him. The purple, the, 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 what he wore. A man, if you do a study on that, it was among the most riches. He wasn't just, just rich, he was, he was filthy rich. More than abundance. But there was a beggar that sat at his gate and was brought to his gate daily. All he desired was the crumbs that would fall from the master's table. The dogs would come and lick his sores. You know the story. But as time goes, poor man dies and the rich man dies. Begins to talk about they lift up their eyes and where they're at. And so when you pick up the conversation from there, Abraham said, son, he's talking to the rich man, remember that in thy lifetime receive thy goods, things, and likewise Lazarus' evil things. But now he is comforted and are tormented. Besides all this between us and you, there is a great God fixed. So that they which would pass from Kent to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, 
I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send to my father's house. Listen to this last part. This, the last three verses of this I want you to really hear. For I have five brethren that he may testify unto them lest they should come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. He said, Nay, Father, Abraham, but if one went from the dead, they will repent. You listen to what he's what, what Abraham tells this. You couldn't be in a more worse condition and a situation of begging for somebody to help and to warn somebody. But he said unto him, If they have heard not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded. Neither will they be persuaded. Neither will they be persuaded. Though one rose from the dead. Watch this. Faith cometh by hearing. And that's by hearing the word of God. So if faith comes by hearing the word of God. What about all this other? How does it come? Except it comes by the word of God. At one time, some 30 and 40 years ago, you heard us preach on hell on a normal basis. Keeping us reminded. I may have mentioned this a few weeks ago, but not the last time, but the time before that Bishop Odom was with us. We was just doing some talking and he said, hey, I can remember. He said, this is what I was brought up on. He said, basically, it was three things that the diet that we received. He said it was one God, a plan of salvation, and hell. He said, throughout the week, you was going to hear those messages. If you didn't hear it Sunday morning, you'd hear it Sunday night. If you didn't hear it Sunday night, you would hear it Wednesday night. If we're not careful, we have come into a place of competing. Competing with orators and, and stories. and Trying to paint pretty pictures. and Trying to do. No. I tell you what we've got to get back to. Just preach the word. In season or out of season. Preach the word, Timothy. Because if you'll preach the word, it'll save you. <laughs> I wonder tonight just how many preachers are going to be lost because they quit preaching the word. You see, I can't be saved either if I don't preach it. I can't be saved. Because if I fail to preach it, then I fail to, to live it. But if I preach it, and he said, if they'll hear you, they can be saved. So we stand in this house tonight. 
It's a little different. But how many wants to be saved? How many is concerned enough about your soul tonight that you want to be saved? How many of you are stirred enough tonight that are you rapture ready tonight? If you were snatching out of this place tomorrow, car ready, get on collision, snatched out, are you ready? Are you ready to face eternity? Could happen. We're not exempt. We gotta have an ear. We gotta have an ear to hear the word of God. Watch this. I made mention a while ago about children. They can seemingly quickly pick up words they ought not to. I can take you to the book of Acts. I believe it's the 14th chapter. Paul made his way into a city of Athens there. And when he got there, he was, he was, he was just blown away. His spirit was stirred in him. He walked into a city that had been persuaded and, and, and was completely sold out to idolatry. They had some there, the, the Stoics and different ones, that that's all they've done on Mars Hill. Doctrines and new doctrines. They didn't want to miss any gods. They even fashioned and built a, an altar to, unto the unknown God. What God is that? What kind of God would that be? An unknown God. But Paul took that very altar. And preached unto them Jesus Christ. Now you watch this. They didn't have no problem believing some of them far off. And just unheard of. And just out of the world. Can you believe something like that? That's like believing that we just evolved from this slime and to this and that and the monkey and all this other. And we, hey, we just arrived. That's about as foolish as you can get. It's foolish. But when he preached unto them Jesus Christ and the resurrection, they wanted to laugh at him. This strange doctrine. This babbler. Who does he think you are? America has turned a deaf ear. To the word. America don't even have a clue what sin is any longer. That's bad. But you know what's worse than that? It's affecting the apostolic church. The world that we're living in. I'd love to tell you that those spirits are not having any effect upon us. But that's not true. I'd love to tell you that we're not, we're not, we're not that Laodicean church that the Bible says it will be. But that's, that's really not true. Word of God. 
word of God that will stir us, the word of God that would prick our hearts. They tell me in the Brush Harbor days that you can get on just an old, old box guitar and begin to sing some of the old songs. And man, the power of God would just move and conviction would fall. And they didn't have no air conditioner. Maybe just one or two lights and sawdust. But they said men would literally get down on their hands and knees and that sawdust. Cry. Crawl their way to an altar. God save me. God save me. Don't let me go to hell. Don't let me go to hell, God. And some of those men lived moral lives that would shock our world today. What's happened? sung that song about the lights just keep just, just keep turning them down keep dimming them just a slow process after a while they're out watch this Just keep cutting it off. Just keep. How do you know if you hear? How do you know that Noah heard God and believed God? Go back to that 11th chapter. How did Abel know what type of sacrifice to bring to God? Genuine faith causes actions that's pleasing, that he can testify about it. That's how we know if we got an ear to hear it or not. How do you know if you, the people's finally persuaded that prayer means something? Means something that's going to have an effect in their lives when they start praying. But if you don't change your prayer life, you didn't hear it. If you don't hear this preacher tonight and you think your soul's all right. You're going to gamble on another day or another month or another year or another 10 years. But time's coming. And only you know your condition of your heart. Only you know the condition of your soul and your spirit and, and whether or not if it's right with God or not. Faith comes by hearing. Saul, watch this. Oh, I've done what God told me to do. I obeyed his commandments. And the man of God says, with, what's that lowing about? What's that bleeding about? 
Who's that with you? You didn't hear it. You didn't hear it. Because you'd have wiped them all out. But you didn't. So we're living in a world today. I can take you back to that same chapter that I brought the key verse out of. Because it talks about if confessions made with the tongue. And if you'll call on the Lord, you shall be saved. And they stop. They don't read on now that you've got to have a preacher and not just any preacher. You've got to have a preacher that's sent from God. And when he preached the gospel, which happens to be the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which happens to be repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, it all works together. I know it's a little different tonight. But what about it tonight? Have we got any ear to hear? Are we content where we at? Are we satisfied? Can we leave this house with the assurance that if I don't make it back, but they roll me in here in that casket, that, that, that you can look over in that casket with the assurance everything's all right. Because see, that's all that's going to matter. That's all that's going to matter. <laughs> Give us an ear. Because there's a famine in the land today. Of hearing the word. Of hearing the word. I love to say it hadn't affected the apostolic church. I'm afraid I just wouldn't be right. The, the prince of the air is doing the best he can to, to quieten it down and to tone it down. What about it tonight, church? What about it, sinner friend? Sir, ma'am, what about it tonight? Are you ready? Have you got an ear to hear? Are you concerned enough about your own soul and your own outcome? God stir me. What's this? If I wouldn't, if I wouldn't, if I wouldn't stir, do you know what? I'd pray God stir me. I'd walk through my house and I'd say, God, if there's things in this house that's unpleasing to you, help me, God. Help me get it out. When's the last time you walked over your house and said, God, if we, has something slipped in and we, we just, we didn't really, we didn't realize it. God, show me. When's the last time you pre prayed and you said, God, stir up my pastor. Everybody to preach to me. Help me get right in my face and put his finger on my chest and tell me right where I'm at, I want to be saved at whatever cost. It's the last time that you and I drove down these roads and looked around and, and go, oh my God, what are we doing? Where are we at? 
Everything's not as hunkadory as we want to make it out to be. There's a great host of lost humanity. Sister Moore and them get a song. These altars are open tonight. They've been open actually. I know it's a little different. I know I keep saying that, but we got to go back. We got to get back to some old landmarks. We got to get back to some old moves of God. We got a little taste of it Wednesday night. God's working. God's working. But you know what? Nothing's more important than make sure we're right and we're ready to meet Him. And none of us is exempt. We all, we all. Let me ask you something. Are you where you was at 30 years ago in living for God? When's the last time you had a Holy Ghost party in your own house? Just you and God. At church. These babies need to know it. They need to understand it's more than just in church we do that. They need to feel this God at home. They did hear mamas and daddies speaking in tongues and taking that time to read their Bible. And the last time you had a conversation at your own kitchen table, look what God showed me. Look what I found in the Word of God. Look what God revealed to me today in my time with Him. I'm preaching this to condemn nobody. I'm preaching this to stir us up. Because you know what's happened? Just like Jesus taught us about the soil. We become so busy in life. Not necessarily sinning. But busy in life. It has choked the word of God. It's really hard to run from Dan to Bathsheba six days a week and then come in here on a Sunday. Sunday morning and a Sunday night without being weary and tired physically. It's all you can do. It's hard to hear. It's hard to hear it. It's hard to hear it in that condition. trying to hurt you trying to help us because you know why we don't want to wind up in a devil's hell but we want to go to heaven what about it tonight you want to come pray you want to come talk to God 
Sister Moore, if you can get a song. Let's just, let's just take some time out with the Lord tonight. Let's be concerned enough about our souls tonight, our hearts tonight. I want to be saved, God. Stir me up, God. Can me shake off the laziness. Can me shake off anything that would hinder the weights, God. Let me cast them to a side. Help me not be entangled in the affairs of this world and would rob me of my inheritance. Jesus.
That's the reason he's brought you here. Revelation of truth, the true love, and the power of God. You become that vessel tonight. I pray tonight that there'd be a passion of hunger that'd get a hold of you. Amen. That you won't be satisfied. Amen. That you'll be so hungry and thirsty for God and the hand of God in your life. You give yourself to him. Yield yourself to him. God's going to use you. God's going to bless you. We're going to pray with him, aren't we, church? We're going to bind with him. We're going to believe God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nobody can bless us like God can bless us. Heal us and minister and fight our battles and make us overcomers. Victorious. Amen. That's God's business. If we'll let him, he'll do it. Love you tonight. You may be seated. Appreciate you tonight. God bless you. Good to see each one of you tonight in the house of the Lord and to worship God. Pray for your pastor. Let's pray for one another. If you would, in their time of prayer this week, let's pray for an old-fashioned stir of God. How many would like to have an old stir in your own heart? Amen. Your own spirit. Break up the foul of ground. Tear down some walls, possibly. Life can build some walls and pitfalls and things that we may not even realize what's went on, what's happened. And so we just want God's hand and God's word and God's favor and uh, his will to be done in all the lives in this local assembly, but not just in this local assembly, but in our community. Man, that we be a testimony and a witness to others to help them. Amen. To find the Lord, find his truth. Man, to experience the power of his love and the power of his spirit. Amen. I personally believe we're going to be some of the most liberated people on the face of the earth. Some of the most happiest people on the face of the earth. Amen. Content. And uh, God's help, we can accomplish that and achieve that and hold on to it. Amen. Praise God. Any birthdays? Birthdays. Okay. Any birthdays? No birthdays. Anniversary.